It's episode 992, getting close to 1,000. It's a relevant podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, and mogul, Derek Miner. What's happening? And uh, Jamie Ivey is out this week. So sitting in from somewhere in Texas, our very own downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. So you're back from, we've given airtime to your travels. <laughs> yes. You have made it back to a home base for a little bit of time. Family home base, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm in Fort Worth um, with my brother and sister-in-law and three very loud nephew and nieces. I have a question, Emily. Okay. So you're an introvert. Yes. I'm an introvert that can turn on, you know, you have to turn on the extrovert, but mm-hmm. okay. I watch a lot of TV at night. You know, like when I, you know, that's how I recharge is just like, yeah. go, go, go mm-hmm. all day, meetings, people, whatever. I'd like to just chill and get lost into TV. I binge watch a lot of shows. We talk about it all day long. When you're on the road like this and you're staying with somebody, I would think that they have, they feel the obligation to entertain you and stuff. Do you ever get the chance to just shut the door and like binge watch TV and stuff? Do you have any sort of normalcy <laughs> like that? Or are you on vacation for the last nine months? Um, it's been a weird mix. So every person I stay with, I clarify that I do not want to be entertained because I don't want them to feel like they have to. And imp- I mean, if they want to impress me, I'm not going to say no, but yeah. I don't want them to feel like they have to have like an are itinerary you for it. You don't, you, if, if they don't have plans for that evening, you don't just like sit across from them and direct and just stare at them in a chair and just <laughs> then start tapping your wristwatch. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Maybe I'll start doing that. Maybe I'll start doing yeah. that. But no, I, a lot of times like, you know, I realized my friends also do the same thing where they just watch TV every night. And so it's been interesting because I absolutely just let them pick. And so I am pleasantly surprised every time my friends pick shows and I'm like, okay, didn't know you were into this. Do you ever ever, like, are you ever silently judging them when they fire up like Outer Banks or something? (laughs) Um, I like Outer Banks, honestly. When she was in Orlando, she came by one night and and I was watching the Kardashians and she was like, oh, sweet. I've been meaning to catch up on this. I'm like, no judgment at all. This is great. Yeah. Because you were watching the Kardashians. That was hilarious because that episode's like maybe 45 minutes long. It took us two hours to get through it because we kept talking. We kept pausing to talk about the Kardashians. So, so, uh, Emily, do you you ever like categorize Jesse, don't brush over this. Jesse, don't brush over this. This is a a prime moment. Okay, first of all, I need you to explain. Okay. You're so uh, never watched an episode. First off, this is, the first off, I need y'all to know who Cameron is. Cameron is like snooty entertainment guy. He won't watch superhero shows. Right. He won't right. do nothing. No. Right. You will watch right. the Kardashians. Yeah. I so need here's you the, to make it make listen, sense okay. for me. Don't no. judge it until it, you try it. it. Cameron mainlines <laughs> Bravo programming. Like, yeah, yeah, Bravo. I, I never watch the Kardashians. I don't watch E. I don't watch Chris Lee. I don't watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I never watch that. I'm a Bravo. Okay, so Prestige TV, comedies. And then if I just want to have the lap, laptop out and stuff, and I just want to have sound in the house i put on like dumb reality tv shows i the drama you know and so i had heard so with you this want new Hulu, Kim kardashian arguing in your house in the background listen, is what you're telling me so so th- they went over to hulu and they started this new show the kardashians right and mm. and emily and everybody was telling me this actually good and i was like all right i got hulu i'll check it out and i'm telling you it was so much better than any of the Bravo junk. It's actually, the new show is actually really good. Leave me alone. Very good. But you won't watch the boys. Yeah. I don't have to suspend rea- belief that Kim Kardashian can fly away Wait and save the day. I, no, Wait a okay, second. The boy, I'm going to be on Derek's suspend, side. You have to suspend belief to watch anything that got to do with the Kardashians because their life is not a normal life. So No, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. But yeah, go ahead, Emily. Go ahead and support me. Please support me. Thank you. <laughs> the boys is very good. I mean, check the content warnings, but it is very good. But I also like superhero stuff. So yeah, 
it's easier for but, me to watch it but, than. The- but I like it how you break it into categories here. You have like the stuff that you're watching that you yeah. you know like the yeah. lights are low. Right. It's, t- it's that time every week. You Better know, Saul's on. And, 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 it has my yeah, unbroken exactly. focus. That is what yeah, I'm it, doing. Is yeah. yeah. And and but then you have the second category, and right. really, this is what I appreciate. It seems like when you get comfortable enough with with whoever is hosting you, mm-hmm. you you go from watching like a show with them, mm-hmm. like just offline. We were talking about the rehearsal, like mm-hmm. like the the Better Call Sauls, the 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 rehearsals, like you know the kind of the high minded prestige stuff that you're going to talk about after. But when you this is how you know you're a really good friend of someone is when they put on their background, you know for. <laughs> It's it's Bravo. For some people, it's like sports talk. For others, it's just pure HGTV. Just yeah, yeah, that's right. just on yep. in the background. Yep. That's what I feel like, Emily. You have you know your you have a, a certain degree of comfort with with your host. That's oh, true. absolutely. Yeah, it mm. is hilarious. The just the different movies and shows that I've watched this year. Not that I wouldn't necessarily pick them, but. It's honestly funnier just to see what my friends want to pick. So one of my friends, I stayed with her for a week. We watched the entire Twilight series. Loved it. Great week. (laughs) Didn't like had no complaints. And then the next week I was watching like I was sitting with another friend who does enjoy more like prestige movies and shows. And so just the quality of content was a lot different. Keeps things fresh, though. Keeps a little spicy. What are you watching right now? That's interesting. Like, um, I actually am watching the rehearsal. So I'm with my brother. He is obsessed with Nathan Fielder. He loved Nathan what is for the you. Rehearsal? That is a That's great a, question. No one Derek. knows. Yeah. It, so <laughs> it, it, are you guys? I saw, Quest, I saw Questlove tweeting about it. He was like stumbled onto it when he was browsing on HBO yeah. and he ended up watching it. He's like, I didn't even, I'd never heard of this guy. And so now all of a sudden he's going back and doing, you know, watching his old shows Nathan and stuff for like that. you. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I loved Nathan for you back yeah. in the day. And, uh, which was Nathan Fielder's comedy central show. He's, he's a Canadian comedian, but he's also sort of this like prankster, but his, if, if people haven't watched a rehearsal, I, I hesitate to say too much about it other than you want to watch at least the first two episodes. Like if you watch mm-hmm. the first one, it's sort of it's sort of a red herring. The first one. Wouldn't you, would you think that's really? sort of accurate, Emily? Yeah, because it's I, I think it's a good first one because it really sets the tone for what you're about to get into. But then the next one is, shifts in a way. But it shifts the focus to Nathan Fielder in yeah. a way and sort of the the ethics of it, the crazy thing is like the show is really, you know, through the lens of this kind of elaborate sort of like hidden camera prank show is an exploration of like the ethics of reality TV, the ethics of, of child acting, mm-hmm. you know, the, the I mean, it is, a, you know, even the, the ethics of getting emotionally invested into fictional characters like, you know, what are you know, what are some of the, the human results of that? I don't, Emily, it's hard to say too much about what the show is without kind of giving it away because the show kind of reinvents itself every couple of episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I watched the first one, didn't fall in love with it, but then I've been seeing people tweeting like, if you grew up in the church at all, you need to watch episode two. And I was like, oh, Mm, I'm intrigued. So I'll give another shot. Yeah, so. it's 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 definitely worth watching. Derek, have you are you familiar? Have did you watch Nathan for you on Comedy Central? Never in my life. It's that it's that absurdist but high minded comedy where it's like so stupid, but it's also so like above. Like I haven't, yeah. I haven't watched any of it, but you know what I have been watching. Mm, and you want to know what? Do you want to know what's crazy? This is the craziest thing in the world. I'm going to read the top ten websites. Okay. Number 10 is WhatsApp. Number nine is Twitter. Number eight is YouTube. Number seven is Netflix. Number six is Amazon. Number five, Apple. Four, Microsoft, Facebook, Google. And the number one consumed website, period, is TikTok. Do you want to know what I have been obsessed with? Tell us. Patrick Cloud. That dude is a genius. He has this this skit about a mouse's perspective of eating cheese and there's like three mice with him and one of them actually gets poisoned and they're having this conversation and it's I've watched it a hundred times. I posted it on my IG. That's what I watch. I don't watch 
shows anymore. All I watch yeah. is random skits from people like Kev on stage, Joshua Neal, Patrick Cloud. That's all I watch. To me, that's the best television, period. Yeah. Like, it doesn't get any better than that, my opinion. You know, you need and to balance boys. that out by reading a book. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, your brain is going to change, my friend. You need to read a book in between Bro, your TikTok it, sessions. What's the difference between that and the Kardashians? Hey, at least it's longer than uh, 37 seconds. Shut I mean, at least face. my attention. Oh, so you're I mean, telling me consuming it in 45 minutes, 45 minutes of, of trashiness is, I get it mine in 30 seconds. You know what I'm saying? You got 45 minutes invested. You feel me? Do you feel yeah, me? I'm, so, I'm doing other things to stretch my brain while that, that junk's on. Well, I'm doing, I'm stretching my brain. Shoot. Shoot. If you like the weird humor, like, the mouse perspective of eating cheese yes. you might like the rehearsal because it is very weird comedy so you might i mean i think okay. the best way to describe the comedy though is if you've ever seen the scott's tots episode of the office oh, it's like that yes. but a whole series but but non-scripted humor yeah yeah so so it's i mean nathan fielder you know okay, he produced okay, segments okay, for okay. like sasha baron cohen like when mm-hmm. he was doing you know uh, he did stuff with like the, borat and, uh, he did uh, ali g show yeah, yeah. So, so he was involved with with Sasha Baron Cohen back in the day, and it's sort of it's sort of like Borat meets like Tim and Eric. I don't know if you were familiar with Tim and Eric. Not like Tim, the, I'm not familiar. Tim with Eric, that. Uh, Tim Heidecker, and Eric Weirheim, who had like a, an Adult Swim show where it's sort of like absurdist comedy. If you can it's sort of blending those two kind of styles into really kind of like dark commentary about the modern human condition. That's, that's the best way I could frame the rehearsal. Definitely an interesting, it's one of those shows that after you watch, you want to call somebody who just watched it and and kind of unpack what you think you just saw, you know? Yeah. My brother and I were like talking out throughout the whole time. Just like, can't believe this is real. We want to know the budget for the show truthfully, because right. I mean, I thought that about episode one. Wait a second. Why is the budget so crazy? Well, because like he, he, he built, he builds sets that are unbelievably elaborate Uh, for each episode. And like literally the first episode, I'm, watching it going who approved this budget this is absolutely insanity this is not sustainable yeah. he's got like, hbo money though and he knows that's what it. I'm hbo money is long buddy <laughs> it, it, it starts to take like a real truman show type of trajectory mm-hmm. okay where okay. you know there's like a staged there's a reality that he is completely staged that he will decide to change the rules of that reality sort of at the whim when uh, things get uncomfortable okay, okay. It, again it's very hard to describe but if people are looking for a weird late summer TV kind of uh, uh, you can I think the first four or five by the time this is out will be out if you're looking for something just to really kind of sink your mind into and and you don't mind to Emily's point getting very uncomfortable while watching TV mm-hmm. I if you like Scott's tots <laughs> then, then this show is for you like this I <laughs> hate Scott's tots <laughs> Jesse loves Scott's tots so, this but, is the but, one Cameron, are you thing. watching the show I watched the first episode and okay. didn't fall in love with it, but everybody is saying it's just like an appetizer and you've got to keep going because second, the second episode uh, and beyond it, it, it like goes to another level. So unlike yeah. anything gotcha. I've ever seen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, I'll I'll back to it. That, that's the safest review you could possibly get. It's <laughs> unlike anything I've ever seen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there you go. You know, what's funny. The Scott's Tots episode did not make me uncomfortable. Like I, I don't, don't know why have I feel, a soul. I, I feel bad. It, I feel bad. It's like the Salem witch trials. If you flow, you're <laughs> a witch. If you are not bothered by Scott's Todd's, you do not have a soul. <laughs> I was like, yo, this man is a menace. <laughs> D- D- Derek, what what have you watched that has made you cringe? Whether it's online or, or on TV, cringe. like, is there anything that that like is 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 is, is like cringe inducing for you? Bro, you know what? I can't. I, I can't think of much. I can't think of much. Like, like only thing that makes me like uncomfortable is like, like excessive violence, like or some kind of torture thing or something like that. Like, yeah. I, I hate yeah. to see people hurt, but like something like Scott's tots. That's like 
this man straight lied to these little kids. <laughs> nah, they, like it's just that doesn't make me uncomfortable. It makes me just say that's messed up. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's my trauma growing up because I just grew up. With yeah, it. you know what? That's yeah, true. Like, maybe if you saw yeah, real like, things, that something like that is doesn't phase you. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of the stories you've told me of things that you've experienced, you would be desensitized to Scott Stotts being anything at all. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, okay. yeah. for me, I'm just life. like, yeah, all right, this white man <laughs> lied to these little kids. It is what it is. Like, <laughs> Lesson learned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talked to one of our favorite uh, Christian rappers, 1K Few, joins us. He has a new song that drops today, actually. Uh, stay tuned. Up next, Tyler joins us for Relevant Buzz. You're listening to The Killers. The song is Boy. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. All right, it's time for Relevant Buzz. Please welcome to the show Relevant Senior Editor and Parisian Correspondent, Paris Bureau Chief Tyler Huckabee, telling us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. Hey, Tyler. Hey, bonjour, everyone. Bonjour. Bonjour. Hey. Tyler, before we jump in, before you yeah. were on, we we're having a very uh, interesting discussion about the show, The Rehearsal, and yeah. you tweeted yeah, something. I've been watching it. The y- listeners y- will tell us if it was actually interesting or not, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> I'll say this. We had, a confer- we, we had a conversation about an interesting show. I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> okay. But Tyler, your tweet, Tyler sent out a tweet this past week, uh, and it was a, a, a photoshopped image. And the, the, <laughs> I know what you're talking and about. And yeah. the, the, the rehearsal is so absurd that the tweet that Tyler sent, I just woke up in the morning and, and I hadn't seen like the news story that the, this Photoshop job was. And I'll, I'll give context here was based on. I actually thought, did I miss the new episode of the rehearsal? Because I don't like, is this where it goes? But you, you guys might have seen that image that was floating around from like CPAC of they had some weird like performance art thing where they had like a fake like jail cell and there was like somebody what? in there it, it, oh, there was you're like talking about the this... Marjorie Taylor Green thing? Yes, she was, yes. Was guy it... was pretending to be a January sixth insurrection like for January sixth. He's got like an orange jumpsuit and so a MAGA hat on. Yeah. Yeah, is, yeah, was yeah. it photoshopped or not? That's the question for me. I was like, is, is, is it actually <laughs> so that, photoshopped? That image was not photoshopped. Where uh, <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Green is praying with someone who's pretending to be a January sixth, like in prison, is part of this weird performance art thing. But Tyler photoshopped in Nathan. Ethan Fielder where like on the show he wears a laptop around his chest so he can you know take like notes a little harness yeah, yeah. Like he has a little harness to type on. Yeah. And, and, and especially as his like setups and rehearsals for these unsuspecting poor people who signed up to be on the show get more and more elaborate well, not just poor people all types of people yeah, I don't. They actually don't really get into their. Just clarify. Uh, yeah. He's not picking on the poor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's I was going to be like, all right, that might be a little cringy, guys. I saw your tweet before I saw anything about the, the actual CPAC thing, and I literally thought, man, this show just keeps getting better. Like, I literally thought your your Photoshop commentary was reality. That's That's the world we're living in it, it created some confusion on the time i didn't mean to cause internet drama with that because i think it, and it's not i don't know if you guys know this about me i'm not much of a photoshop 
aficionado. <laughs> I'm not an expert. We've got people. We've got people at Relevant who do that job. I'm not one of them. So it's not like a seamless Photoshop of Nathan Fielder. It's very clearly like cut and pasted from elsewhere. But uh, you know, it's the internet. People but aren't paying a, a lot of attention. At a glance, people are paying a lot of attention. And, yeah. and there was a lot. There were a lot of people who shared your confusion on that, Jesse. Yeah, uh, it was really yeah. funny. It made me wish it was uh, an, an actual episode. You know what? Yeah. Not my problem. I'm not gonna. I'm not apologizing. Nor should you. Uh, all right, what's going on this week, Tyler? <laughs> well, we're, we're not. We're not talking about the big news. Uh, of course, because we don't know. We don't know what's going on at Mar-a-Lago. We're we're like we're still in the aftermath of it. But by the time people hear this, they are going to know no, more about what happened at Mar-a-Lago Praise than God. we do right now. So <laughs> we're so we're we're jumping right. Also, we're that's not our beat right at all. That's Praise not our God. beat. We don't do we're not, we don't do politics. I don't know what the FBI. Do, I don't know what the rules are. I barely know we what FBI stands for. I don't. I, well, I, you know, truth be told, it seems like they have a pretty broad job description, and they just show up at a lot of places. So I'm not totally sure that I know all of what the FBI does. But uh, but in any case, not they, our beat. They investigate. It's a bureau fully a bureau focused full on investigating. Let's yeah. just put it this way: you do not want to be on the other side of them. That's the. Yeah, it's other, not that's a good that's side. We'll just leave it at up, that, yeah. and we'll just call it. <laughs> <laughs> and I know the FBI has no jurisdiction over here. I don't know. I saw the born identity, man. Tyler Snow. They'll find you. They'll find you. Next thing we know, you. Tyler's going to be involved in a rooftop chase over, like jumping over cafes and stuff. You know? <laughs> He's going to be coming at us from a lakeside pavilion in Italy next week. Like, uh, I picture, you know how, like, you know how, like, every once in a while you'd be turned on, like, cable news and it's just like a random car chase, like in LA or whatever. Sure, sure. And you're just sure. kind of pop in and, you know, they got the helicopter chasing them. I picture the Parisian equivalent of that is a rooftop chase where it's one guy who's clearly a secret agent because he's wearing a suit. is jumping from rooftop to rooftop, like, mm-hmm. you know, jumping on those little canopies and, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, sliding over tables at a cafe where three where like four henchmen are chasing them. That's the Parisian equivalent of like a car chase. Right, Tyler? You see that probably <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. once, twice a week. <laughs> you're not in the interstate. You're not in the Hummer. It's not. A, it's, there, there's no fast fear thing over here it's parkour it's, 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 it's like parkour. elaborate parkour yeah, yeah through yeah. cafes and diners <laughs> it's like john wick parkour yeah <laughs> they have like verandas and uh, terraces that you can basically just trampoline off of from yeah, one side of town to the other i thought that was italy this is super mario is that what you said is that, it's like a car it's a little different mario here. brothers it's a little it's a little <laughs> different here <laughs> Because you have to say Sacre Bleu every time that you <laughs> jump somewhere. And you have to twist. Derek, off the, the cities are so large. I mean, there, there are literally criminals who have parkoured from France all the way to Italy before. Yeah, it's... Yeah, yeah you got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, there's no... Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. So the the first piece of actual news that is that is, that is from the U.S. and that is on our beat, I'm starting off with a question here. Of you guys, when you think about your friend lists uh, of people you would consider to be real friends, mm-hmm. how many people, how much socioeconomic economic diversity would you say you have among your friend groups do you feel like most people are more or less in your same sort of roughly same financial bracket or do you feel like you have a pretty wide diversity of friends in different financial groups i think majority are in the same bracket but there's like a few that break out either more or less just for various reasons mine is wide it's like it's wide yeah i i I think there, there's sort of like a bell curve in my social, you know. Oh, yeah. That's the way to uh, put it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, but I would say there are groups of friends that it's pretty narrow, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. That's uh, that, that's pretty common. That probably won't surprise you to learn that most people, not just in terms of socioeconomic diversity, but almost any kind of diversity, most people's friend groups are pretty homogenous. And the reason this is interesting is because of this new study that came out from Nature Magazine that analyzed 84% of the U.S. population. Now, that, that's a big sample group. They analyzed 84% of the U.S. population via our Facebook accounts. They use Facebook to do this. So this is about 72 million people. And what they found is that Americans have sort of an interesting fight in this battle against wealth inequality that we've seen over the last few years as wealth inequality has risen. And that is friendship with people who are outside of your socioeconomic scale of where you're at. The 
uh, the study found that poor children who live in areas with friendships that transcend class and income can make it significantly more money in adulthood than poor children who grew up in neighborhoods with no such friendships. Uh, as the New York Times put it, quote, the study found that if poor children grew up in neighborhoods where at least 70% of their friends are wealthier than they are, that, and that's the typical rate of friendship for higher income children, it can increase their future incomes by 20% on average by a really significant amount of money, 20%. And uh, we've known for a long time that being raised in an area where there is more socioeconomic diversity can be really helpful. But now we know a little more about why that is. Creating these friendships, especially when you're younger, goes a long ways for reasons we don't entirely understand yet towards helping you have more money in the future and kind of breaking that cycle of poverty that can affect so many Americans when they're born into lower socioeconomic backgrounds. Well, I, I can talk from my, uh, you know, my background, you know, I grew up with mostly everybody was broke uh -huh. and being in music, it, inter it like catapulted me into a whole different world of people. So then it also catapulted me into a whole different world of knowledge and, and understanding. Sure. And so I know for myself, it just changed the culture of how I viewed money. Like I began to view it in a different way. So I think that that's really valuable. I mean, that's why I started the ownership is a new black campaign. You know what I mean? Because that's the whole idea is for a lot of people, it's not even that they're, they're, they're inept or they're stupid. They're just not exposed to how right. wealth is generated. So that makes right. a lot of sense that if you put someone into a, a situation where they understand how wealth is generated, they begin to adapt and assimilate. It's assimilation in just a better way, in a, in a good way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And there's also the aspect of, you know, the old adage, it's not always what you know, but it's who you know. It, you it, know. it plugs mm -hmm. you into like a network of people that you know, aren't, I'm not trying to say all relationships are like transactional, but when you have, you're in relationship with people who are, you know, successful in, in different areas, it can afford you an, an opportunity to, 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 to have opportunities when, when the, you know, a job or, you know, some sort of like, uh, you know, uh, professional circumstances arise that allow you to gain experience because of the relationships you have. I think it could be beneficial in a lot of ways, not just from a knowledge aspect, but also kind of just the relational one. Well, I, I, to that point, I mean, they say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Right. Because like, if you hang around, if you love the Lord and you hang around people who don't go to church at all, eventually that's going to affect you. And likewise True. on the other side. And if you're like newly married and you hang around other married couples that are healthy mm -hmm. and happy, when you guys hit your rough times, you're going to have been exposed to other couples who have navigated those rough times, as opposed to if you just hung out with single people or people who were jaded about marriage, it'd be easier to probably, you know, give up on the, during the hard times. Yeah. I mean, it, just show me your friends. I'll show you your future. I'm telling you, when you have that in your mindset and you meet new people or you maybe are dating somebody or whatever, and you see their friend group and they're all struggling or all they're all crazy or it's all drama, run, man, you know, because it's like, that's their future. Do you want that in your life? I mean, so not just socioeconomic stuff, but like in all aspects of emotional health, relational health, spiritual health, right. and financial health. I agree with this. I mean, it's really, really smart. Derek, would you say that, because I know that this is a big part of your like job and something that you're passionate about, yeah. but I also know that with with regards to this study, most of these people are like sitting there, friends who are a little poorer down and being like, here's how you make a budget. Here's how the stock market works and how you make smart investments. Would you say it's more of just like kind of being in a culture of people with more money-making knowledge basically that kind of inspire like how does what's the actual like knowledge passing process look like for well if i could speak for myself it's more culture yeah. for me it's just the, things begin to change right so you watch sports less less and watch msnbc more you're you know you know when, when all the homies are at the table talking about you know their roth ira and you don't know anything about a roth ira you know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like, yo, uh, what is that? And then as they begin to speak, then you go and do your research and then you come back and say, hey, I started this thing. What do you think? And so even when we talk about the conversation of, um, you know, your friend groups and, 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 uh, 
it's not what you know, but who you know. Sometimes people limit that to being like, oh, hey, this guy could help this guy get a job. And yeah. it's not really just that. It's help someone that can actually help you navigate hardships, right? So if I'm in a financially mm-hmm. tough spot and then someone that's been there before and I tell them what, what I'm going through as a friend, I confide in them, they can say, oh, yeah, I've been through that before. You should do this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that. And this maybe could help you. Oh, and by the way, let me call another friend that may be able to help you navigate that situation. Uh-huh. That's what you're seeing there. In the network. Um, so I, I think that is, yeah, I mean, this to me is very, I can speak for myself. It's been, it's a very basic concept. You just, your culture changes as you go into different, different circles and different groups. And usually, um, you know, the, the, the majority is going to be the one that's going to influence people. It's really the minority that influences the group. So uh-huh. if 75% of your friends are wealthy, there's a high chance that you're probably going to get pulled up into wealth as opposed to you pulling them down. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I think it's also important. Like, financial transparency is a really big thing that can help a lot. Cause like I have friends that like, I have a lot of friends that are pastors and they are all very open about what their salary is, which obviously there's a lot of different factors that go into a salary. But right. I think that can also, that's also important to talk about is what you make because someone might think like, Oh, well the salary I make, that's fine. But it's like, well, if someone else is in a similar position. They're making more kind of like figuring out how do I get to a place where I'm more financially stable I don't know. I just think that's really important. And I think it's really awkward to start that conversation because there's something about money that feels weird. But I've noticed with my friend group that when we've talked about stuff, like I have a friend who she was truly just not getting paid as much as she should have. And she like, we graduated at the same time. She had a full Mm -hmm. degree. And I was like, you absolutely need to be making more than what you're making. And like, I, I think if we hadn't had that conversation, if she didn't have someone like me telling her, you need to be asking for more money or looking elsewhere for more money. Like I think she would have stayed in that career and it would have just kind of affected her financially in the long term because she wouldn't know that she's worth just much higher value than what she was yeah. being paid. Um, so I think, yeah, just like financial transparency is awkward, but important. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And I guess the, the, the final and the last thing I'd say about that, and this is a harder thing to study too, but I think there's also value for people who have more money to make friends with people who don't have as much. Ooh. That's a, that's a really good thing too. And, uh, that can be a, that may not be, you may not be able to put that into a bank account, what the value is there, but it's something that we certainly in the Bible can see. Uh, that's something that a lot of the greats, including Jesus himself was very involved in. So, so don't discount that there's a equal, there's a, there's a, the highway goes both ways on those yeah, friendships. I, I would affirm that for sure because and not just about money again everything like i was involved sure. I, I had a home group that met at my at my house for years and it was all 24 year olds and i you know i was hosting it it was sure. all 24 year olds it was led by a 24 year old i was just hosting it and i'm telling you sitting there listening to them talk themselves into this absolute terrible theology and mm. it's just like how they feel and like every week it was just maddening to me like be in a room where there's multi-generations and a lot of different, you know, experience levels and stuff like that. So you can learn from people who know more than you versus just being surrounded by your peers mm-hmm. yeah. who don't know anything more than you do. You know what I mean? Like try to be intentional about having friends that are older and younger and all the above. I was saying, I can say this again from experience. Uh, my good friend, BJ Thompson, he started a nonprofit called build a better us. Well, the funny story that started with me and my wife. And it was because me and my wife were struggling really, really bad. You know, neither one of us have seen a really uh, biblical marriage in a sense. We saw some pretty toxic stuff growing up. And BJ said, well, hey, just just come to our house on Wednesdays and then we'll just talk about marriage and we'll read it, read through the scriptures and all of that. And it evolved into multiple different people coming to this group. And then he, he would do something even more cool. He would bring in like couples that have been married for like 20 years and they would tell us like different things. We'd ask questions and they tell us different things. And, and I mean, I can honestly say I, I, I don't know what, you know what the future would be, but I don't think without BBU that me and my wife's marriage would be as healthy as it is. We're 14 years in the game now. For sure. And that's because we have somebody to actually, you know, see us struggling and say, how can I help? They jumped in the fight yeah. with us. So definitely I think, you know, if you got friends that are struggling financially, I know it can feel awkward or you don't want to have the hero complex, but in any way, man, we're blessed to be a blessing. Spread that knowledge, you, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like this is a good slice for you guys. It's something to bring for you guys because there's a lot of wisdom about how to have good friendships in this group. So thanks for being able to share from your experiences. Um, this next story is a little bit of a pivot, and this story does uh, involve uh, some conversations around uh, around around pornography. So if you got little kids that are listening to this, then put them to bed because uh, this may not be for them. Tyler, I like I like your scenario too, where people that listen to this podcast not like with AirPods in while they're doing dishes. The whole family mind, is sitting around, they're like gathered a, around like, the radio, like in the old times. Yeah, yeah like, like they're listening show? to like an old Western on there. You know, all right, kids. <laughs> little little <laughs> is on. To bed with you. Yeah. <laughs> so send them to bed. Send you heard it, kids. Time and then, for and then crank and then crank that dial because uh, we're because we're getting into the good stuff now. Uh, this is a story. Y'all about, ever listen we, to NPR? Y'all ever listen to NPR in the morning and they're like, "Oh, just yeah. as a warning, this story has some graphic element." And before you yeah. can even touch the dial, they're throwing no out words that you're getting the back you get, seats. Like, yeah, you yeah. Get, you get a split second. We're giving you plenty of leeway here. You've got, yeah. you've got, you could. The kids can We've still be brushing so the much teeth. Time. For all we know. That's why I've yeah, a little is, bit. Yeah. Like, go ahead and hit pause. Is, yeah, yeah. If this, if they're not in bed already, then you want them to hear this story. Yeah. And that's <laughs> on you. That's like, not my problem. Again, I feel like the the type of show you're making this out is like we're about to do an ad for buttermilk biscuit mix or something <laughs> between stories like old timey radio this brought to you by Jan's buttermilk biscuits <laughs> When I when I like to have a sm- drag on a cigarette, the only one for me is Virginia Slims. Oh. <laughs> it's like, why does the Virginia Slim guy sound so creepy? <laughs> I mean, you should get to bed, kids. All right, what's the story? So, we're, so we are talking about the the for now the number one website in the world, and that is Pornhub, which is the largest distributor of adult content. As any of us, hold on, well. wait a second. You said it's the number one website in the world. Yeah, the I think trafficked. I, yeah, I was by, on by some, the wrong quite website. It said TikTok was mm-hmm. Pornhub. Yeah, TikTok. I think you know, some of the ones you were listing were apps. You know, I'm wondering if like uh, uh, maybe it's, it's more apps. Of a, maybe it's apps. You okay, you're talking you. URL. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Okay, you URL. Okay. I think www. Derek, Derek, I was yeah. suspicious of your list yeah. when Microsoft.com. Yeah, I know. Apple.com. I was like, that was a red flag for me. Who goes to Apple.com? It must have been apps. It was apps. Is is apps? Sorry, man. I had so much more faith. No, it's in, good. in humanity than pouring up being a wuss. Well, I don't know. Well, we're well, so sorry to do this to you, dear. <laughs> Man, I will say this. I spend a lot of time on Microsoft.com. I like to read terms and conditions. Uh, I can't fall asleep. And uh, they have thousands of pages on there. It's, uh, heavy hangs the head that wears the crown because Pornhub is go, is going through it right now. Mm, the, this this week or last week, their parent company MindGeek learned that Visa and Mastercard have suspended all card payments for advertising. Uh, the reason for this is kind of this a long story that I think we may have talked about here on here before is that Pornhub has come under a lot of scrutiny for the lack of regulations mm. that it has regarding the content on its site. They have found there have Investigators have found numerous instances of content involving minors, content involving sexual assault that has made it onto Pornhub's site before, and they have been slow in some cases to take this down, even when the people who are involved in these videos reach out and ask for them to. So Visa is currently grappling with a lawsuit from a woman who was just 13 years old when her boyfriend filmed an explicit video of her that was later posted to Pornhub. She says Visa knowingly facilitated the sexual abuse of minors. Visa has unsuccessfully tried to get this lawsuit dismissed, but U.S. District Judge Cormac Carney said Visa either knew or should have known what its payments were being used for. He said in his statement, quote, it is simple. Visa made the decision to continue to recognize MindGeek as a merchant, despite its alleged knowledge that MindGeek monetized child pornography. MindGeek made the decision to continue monetizing child porn, and there are not enough facts pled to suggest that the latter decision depended on the former. So without Visa and MasterCard, the two biggest credit card companies in the U.S., MindGeek is kind of screwed. About about three members of his executive team have jumped ship in the last two weeks, uh, apparently not seeing a future for them there anymore. And right now, the whole website is kind of just dead in the water, not able to make any money. It's really not clear what's going to be next for them. Mm. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I Maybe the number one website will become TikTok now. You know, yeah, that's right. True. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm spending most of my time on Microsoft.com, guys. So 
<laughs> so yeah, this has been, I think, a long time coming for MindGeek. A lot of their, the writing has been on the wall for them for a little while. Visa and MasterCard have suspended payments to them before, but those have been reinstated after Pornhub kind of promised to clean up its act a little bit and then put in some more regulations. But it just hasn't been enough for the court system and, uh, and certainly not for Visa or MasterCard now. And right now, there's no sign they're going to be putting those payments back in place. So it could be it could be the end of an era here, but we'll see what happens in the next few weeks. Wow. And that would, might set a precedence too for other sites, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. when, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pornhub's the big one, but there's obviously you know tons and ton, countless mm-hmm. of these sites, and they're very hard. They are hard to regulate. Like there's uh, the the FBI. Like I said, I don't know a lot about the FBI, but there's only so much ground they can cover on the internet. But mm-hmm. this is a major part, something that they are that they have a whole division that's devoted to this. And the more scrutiny that's been put on it by the by the White House and by Congress, the more they've been trying to beef up their department to make sure that these companies are following the law, which many of them are not doing. Well, there you go. It still cracks me up. And I've said this on the show for, but like in our weekly analytics, we did an article a long time ago <laughs> listing yeah. like like three porn sites have more traffic than Google.com, blah, blah, blah. And that was like the headline. And like literally people searching for the search phrase porn sites find the relevant magazine.com article and mm-hmm. that article is always high up in our analytics which is really funny to me because the bait and switch that those people experience is uh, hilarious hey we should just change out the text of that article and just make it a, a call to salvation have an altar yeah. call at the end <laughs> like, hey god knows that's what you were really a, looking for <laughs> jesus has a word for you <laughs> you we just post like john three sixteen or something yeah, that's all yeah, it is yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah, just, just a gif of jesus just shaking his head like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. wagging his finger <laughs> i love you enough to have intercepted what you were trying to do on the internet my yeah. friend yeah this yeah. Tough love, yeah. The Tough true love. Jesus Jew. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Tyler? Last, this will be really short, but it's just a cool thing that we've uh, we're paying attention to over there. Uh, the number one, the the highest rated, most watched Hulu debut of all time came out last week. It's called Prey. It's the latest in the Predator franchise, and I don't think many people expected a whole lot from this movie. It went straight to Hulu for crying out loud. And and the Predator, obviously, it's not the most uh, the most highly thought of cerebral uh, whoa, film whoa, franchise whoa, in the world. How dare you? How dare you? I'm not saying anything bad about it. I'm not saying anything bad about it. I you, like the Predator movies. You give me one more film where Carl Weathers gets his arm ripped off. Okay? <laughs> it's a masterpiece. All right? I've never Derek, seen it. Back me up here. Back me yeah. up on Predator. And Danny Glover's in part movie. two. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Once you're done watching the Kardashians, you should watch Jesse the Predator. Ventura. Why would I watch Do a Predator, Predator marathon? The first, the first one, first one's great. The first one has the iconic Arnold Schwarzenegger line: "Get to the chopper." That's where "Get to the chopper." That is the "Get to the chopper" movie. Get out, you fools! You went German on him. He's Austrian. Listen, in the jungle, it all blends together. Okay, he's trying to get the. There's a there's a predator from a different planet who you can't even see in the jungle. His Accents blurring. He's panicking. Give him a break. <laughs> Just get to the chopper. That's the message here. Okay. All right. So Prey, so Prey comes out, and it's it's the highest critically rated of the franchise. It's at about ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's also this is no why it's notable. It is the first franchise movie to have a entirely or at least predominantly uh, indigenous or Native American cast. This is set in early seventeen hundreds in America, Native uh, German or Native Austrian, which, in which the <laughs> this is in, in North America, oh, oh, uh, oh. North America pre a pre Columbus North America, and uh, and it lands. In among a uh, among an indigenous tribe and so they're the ones that face off against it instead of Arnold Schwarzenegger and the boys and uh, it's been really cool to see this sort of as a moment of rising indigenous representation on TV in addition to this you have Reservation Dogs this Taika Waititi's show on FX that follows a group of indigenous kids trying to get out of an Indian reservation and then you also have Echo which is uh, an upcoming series on Disney Plus from Marvel which will be the first series to, to star in and not only an indigenous woman but a deaf woman uh, and it, uh, so it's it's a cool thing to see happening kind of all at the same time also rutherford falls uh, of course rutherford and, falls Andy which from i think is the office good. which is excellent uh-huh. and then also yellowstone uh-huh. i mean there's like there's a moment right now where indigenous characters and and actors are being really highlighted 
Yeah, and this has been a long time coming. This is of, of you know, obviously America lacks representation in a lot of elements of its pop culture, but indigenous groups are a, are a big one. So it's cool to see this finally turning around and it's cool to see Prey landing as well and as successfully as it has. And I hope, oh. I, I think we'll see a lot more of its star Amber Mid-Thunder in the near future. I Great just name, got by it. the way. Predator. Yeah. Great name. Prey. Predator and Prey. Yeah. I then thought you, you were saying to... P-R-A-Y the entire time. Prey. No, I no, thought no. that's why we were covering it. Is that it was that's a why it's movie called Go back Prey. to sleep, bro. Yeah. Go back to sleep. Deep, deep Go back to sleep, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Eat, pray, love. That's the that's the, the sequel to the prequel. Eat, pray, love. It's, it's yeah. It's a whole different Eat, plot. But then uh, you are prey if yeah. you if uh, you will be eaten, and then there's love at the end. I don't know. Yes. I don't know how to get there. It you reminds me of one, one time I wanted to submit a sketch to SNL and it was Gosh. called to catch a predator. And it was like Chris Hansen at the house, like waiting to catch a bad guy and yeah. like a predator from the movie, like the predator <laughs> rolls up in a Miata. <laughs> yeah. Like Mike's dog coming out. What were you planning on doing here tonight? (laughs) 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 SNL does not take uh, unsolicited sketches, and that was the extent of the joke. What Um, do you think? Is Reader's Digest? Do you just submit a joke or something? Yeah, I also realized the budget for the sketch would be uh, pretty substantial. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We need to take pressure costs. All right, well, there's a lot more where that came from. Make sure RelevantMagazine.com is part of your daily web browsing. We're covering everything at the intersection of faith, life, culture, and justice uh, every weekday. And also make sure to follow us on the socials for the latest Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're posting all the time. All right, thanks, Tyler. Au revoir. Au revoir. Bye, everybody. Stay tuned. Up next, 1K Few joins us. Before I spit a hallelujah, I'ma need a hearse Cause I ain't finna let nobody hold me out here My pocket's on Buddha Fat. Church, but demons still gotta pay the toll around here Big like keep heavy metal like Kid Rock Never let a sick hot shoot to my wrist like If the opposition make a pitch stop by the drip drop Get popped while some kid bops playing Yeah all my daughters know that this ain't only talk My only thought is how to make a chopper Make a opera skate from round this hole like Tony Hawk Yeah, tail skateboard, Pete, this a buffet I'm from where they handle more keys than ballet Whole squad grip beans, but it's in the ballet So if you hear that boom boom, all I can say is Lord forgive me, Lord forgive me, Lord forgive me, Lord You're listening to Tobey Nwigwe, Pharrell Williams, Earth Gang The song is Lord Forgive Me Some awesome collabs that Tobey's doing right now Hey, if you like this podcast but you might like it better if there were no ads, you can do that. Head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for Relevant Plus. For just a couple bucks a month, you get this podcast ad-free. You get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com, including the full podcast and magazine archives. Our beautifully designed digital issue and a little more. Uh, Check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Well, today we're joined by 1K Few. He's one of our favorite Christian hip-hop artists, and he is on Reach Records. He dropped his album, No Church in a While, earlier this year. Uh, Since then, he's been busy in the studio putting his creativity to good use. He's got a brand new song out today. Uh, We spoke with him about how he's using his life to give voice to the next generation and what success can and should look like. Here's our conversation with 1K Few. First, let's start with you have a new song coming out. What can you tell me about it? Yeah, man, Church House Trap House. Basically, just telling my background of where I came from. Um, just growing up in church on the, like you know on the east side, Decatur, Georgia. Just telling that story, like you know, I grew up in church all my life. At the same time, it was like in a kind of rough area. And uh, I seen like, you know, a lot of stuff that, you know, I, I didn't really know what it was for real, for real. Like, you know, like all, all the stuff that comes like with the hood and just just all that culture stuff. And I didn't really realize what it was. I was so young, but I was just around it still. And it kind of it kind of gave me the culture and it kind of gave me, you know, insight on, on certain things. So um, that's where the title came from. Church House Trap House. You know, my like my church was literally 
sitting next to a trap house. You see what I'm saying? So, like, it's just me really expounding on that environment where I came from and just really kind of paint that picture so people can understand more. I love that you you seem so passionate about speaking to the generation that you're a part of because I think this next generation there's a lot that they're facing and it can be tough. So, you know, what would you say, what is kind of like the hope that you have for your generation and for their future? Man, my hope is that everybody will find a purpose and just stop following behind what they think they should do. It's like a lot of people, like especially with social media, like they look at social media and look at different things and think that they're supposed to move a certain way and act a certain way. But really the main recipe, and this is what I realized too, like I didn't get it at first either. Like, I had to realize that really the main recipe is just being yourself. It's like, you'll be way more comfortable if you just be yourself. Like, I used to be around certain certain people, and I used to be nervous to be myself because, just because I didn't come from their culture and I didn't come from where they came from. I just really want everybody to just follow their purpose and just start following the trend, man, and, cre- and start creating the trends. You see what I'm saying? Because that, that's one of my main things. Like, I like to create trends instead of follow so um, I just I just feel like everyone, you know, has their own purpose and their own passion. So, I mean, once everybody find, like figures out what that is, I mean, everything will, will flow smoothly. Oh, yeah, get out the way. What you want me to stay? stay. Every night I got to pray for my N.W.A.'s. My K.F. on the race. Now they looking amazed. We don't really get paid. Try to shoot that and that's where the loot at. Where was you at? We had to go through that. When I'm too bad at work in my boo bag. If you knew that, then why would you do that? Finally got out that jungle, we coolin'. You ain't perfect, but who is you fooling? Heard you used to be bunkin' and boomin'. I start laughing when they keep assuming. And I'm fighting for real like I'm Scottish. Till they come and you see how we got it. And it will get real if you do it like that. Stay down with it, full flat. I feel like you've mentioned this a few times, this idea of like success and being successful. What does being successful look like to you specifically? Man, being successful to me is being able to put your loved ones in a better position. Um, Being successful is changing others' lives, really. Like when you're in a position to change other people's lives and to keep that cycle going, I feel like that's success. Like you can make a drastic change for the good and the community and anywhere you go. Like I feel like that's success. So, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out how to open up more doors so people can have better opportunities for their family because it's a lot of people that I was around growing up who didn't have no opportunities like with their family and uh, just grew up in broken homes and, you know, different things. And there weren't really a lot of opportunities for people to even, you know, see a, a brighter future. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to, I just want to give people an opportunity to see that they can have a bright future because a lot of people don't even, they can't literally, they, they literally can't even see having a bright future. Mm-hmm. So um, my, yeah, my idea of success is just being a game changer, like really changing people's lives for real, for real, like really saving souls, and, you know, like, re- like re- re- really being a servant. It's like when you at a position, when you at a certain, you know, position or a certain role, it's like, like the best leader is the best servant. You feel, you feel what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. if you're a good leader, you're going to know how to serve. You're going to know how to take care of your people and take care of your team. So, you know, that's, that's my idea of success when I think about success. Yeah. And I love that you talk about how, like, the idea of a leader being a servant, because I feel like that is a really big part of being a leader that, unfortunately, a lot of people miss out on. Yeah. But it's, like, so important to be humble. So, like, as you're gaining success... What are you doing to make sure that you still keep that that servant mentality or that humility? So really just being fed and really just having a good surrounding, good community around me, um, not having a bunch of yes men around me and, you know, just keeping my head, you know, straight and being around my family. I, I stay out of the way. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't get into anything. I'm a real family man. I'm a husband. Like, I, like once I take all this rap gear off, I am a... I am a father, like, <laughs> for real. So it's like, I really just stay out the way and I don't really just, you know, a lot of people just go places where, where they ain't really got no business going. So, you know, it's like, you just got to have that discernment and you really got to have, you got you to gotta be connected with God. And I ain't gonna lie, like, you got to get in that word too because it's like, the Bible really got all type of cheat codes in it for you to not even stumble on certain stuff. So it's like, I just got, I don't know, it's like, I, I really just have common sense at the end of the day, so I just really just stay in my lane and just, you know, hear from God, really. Pasta, to my cup, cup. I 
That was 1K Few. Make sure to check out his brand new single, Church House, Trap House. It released today. And also don't miss his album, No Church in a While. It's out now. Stick around. Up next, it's your feedback. You're listening to Julian Julian. The song is solo. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Well, last week we got talking about political parties and the need. And actually, there is a third party that just got launched, the forward party. And we got thinking about other parties that should be launched to fully represent the spectrum of America. So we asked you, if you were creating a new political party in the U.S., what would it be? What would it look like? You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and here's some of our favorites. So before we get into the craziness, I'm going to go. I got to make sure we start off with Joshua Hogart because I know it's some crazy ones in here. But Joshua said the moderate party, key platforms, decriminalize possession of drugs, Increase penalties for sex crimes, especially against children. Create policies that benefit both sides. Flat tax rate. Reduce government spending. And end campaign finance fraud. Now, everybody go on to the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joshua, Joshua took it serious. Joshua took like, his homework serious. And he actually gave us some solutions. So yeah. now we're going to get like it, it. Yeah, the, 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 the best ones. His big, his big flaws, it makes too much sense. Okay. That's not going to work in American politics. Uh, yeah. I like Cheryl's here. <laughs> the church potluck party. Just oh. as many crazies, but better food. Yeah, well. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I liked Alex's Pedro party. He'll make all of our wildest dreams come true. I watched Napoleon Dynamite, I think, every single day for like two months straight in the fifth grade. It really shaped a lot of my humor and who I am as a person. So I will absolutely be voting for the Pedro party because loved it in fifth grade. Love it now. Did you see uh, just a random kid on TikTok that was going around this week? I saw the video. He was at Dave and Buster's and hanging out at Dave and Buster's was Pedro and Napoleon, like literally the two actors. I love the fact that 15 years later, they're just friends hanging out at Dave and Buster's, you know, like, so the kid went up and like, you know, put him on the video and they were both super cool about it and did like little sayings as their character, you know, whatever. But I think it's funny. They still hang out at Dave and Buster's. I think they were friends before. Like, I think they made the film because they were friends. I'm yeah. pretty sure I read that somewhere. Uh, and then dope. obviously, yeah, they've just stayed friends because they've been in a few other movies together. Yeah. They're part there of like the Jared Hess universe, mm-hmm. the the filmmaker who 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 made that. I do love the, I mean, kind of sticking along with the church potluck theme, Adam's The Pizza Party. Um, that does take me back to my elementary school days as well because there was nothing better than pizza party days Man. when you like knew it was happening all day. You had to get through. That's right you know, the pointless paperwork that your teacher gave you, but then you got the th- smallest piece, the smallest uh, sliver. They smallest took a normal sliver. slice and sliced it. I mean, it was like, like you had pizza. They normal ordered, slice. They, right. They ordered a $10 pizza and they cut that mm-hmm. mug into 35 pieces. They ordered one medium pizza for 20 kids. Well, not only, well, and if you're lucky, you get a slice. If you're really unlucky, they're going to cut that thing into cubes. They're going to go uh-huh. little Caesar style uh-huh. and everyone gets it's a little cube and it's got the little meat cubes on it and it's te- it's technically pizza. You get one meat cube each. When y'all got up to your turn to grab your slice, did you take a slice and make sure everybody had their slices before you went back for your next slice? No. Or did you grab all the slices you're going to want because it's your turn to grab and and who cares if somebody runs out nah. before they get theirs? Nah, I teach which is one which for to do you? that at my school. Boy, put yeah. that back! <laughs> 
Yeah. It's one at a time. One yeah, actually, time. now that I think about it, I think the teacher handed us the plate, so like yeah. we couldn't yeah, even yeah, pick. They, they the, weren't. It wasn't trusted because if if <laughs> that system would not work in my it's school, Halloween would be like a pack please, of hyenas. Take, please take yeah. one. You put the bowl out there. It's empty after the second kid. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, it's a wrap. Yeah, but yeah. then there's always, you know, but then there's a scenario where at the party and there's that, you know, there's three by like three of the boxes of pizza each have a slice left because no one wants to take the last one. Let's just open up a new box before we take the last one, because it's such a it's such a, a social faux pas to take the last slice of pizza. Oh, slice yeah. of pizza. But if there's more I, I boxes underneath it, it's not because we was like. Oh, it's one piece left. <laughs> Bow done. Hey, I didn't get one. Hey, too bad. As soon as you so lose, slow. As soon as you lose, slow. Yep. <laughs> you can learn a lot of lessons from the pizza party. That's, hey. that's the takeaway. That's so relating. That joint was so like Lord of the Flies. No lie. I, I, the my. pizza party is the childhood equivalent of the shopping cart in the parking lot as an adult. If you're mm. not a person who returns the shopping cart to the corral. Mm-hmm. And you just leave it to wander the the parking lot, hit cars, clog up the disagree. That, that's disagree. the dividing line and 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 thoughtfulness as an adult taking no. the last slice or taking too many as a kid at the pizza party. Same, those people are the ones leaving shopping carts willy nilly as adults. Jesse, I'm are you still leaving the shopping cart? Le- you, I'm assuming yeah, you well, leave the shopping carts wherever you just. Can want I to. can I explain though? Because right. look. It does not matter what you say. I am judging you so hard. Are you boosting the economy? Are you giving employment to somebody who has to clean up after you? Is that your rationale? Hey, have any of you guys worked at Big K? Have any of (laughs) you providing jobs to to your local economy? That's what you're not only not only am I providing jobs. It's the best job in the grocery store. When it's your turn to go walk around the cart, because here's why: when you're working the register, it's stressful, man. It it, you know people do not treat retail workers right. When you're doing you know restocking, it's a lot of work. When the manager's like, hey. You're on car duty. Go round them up. No one take your sweet time out there. You get to go outside. You get to walk around the parking lot. You do a couple laps. You're hoping there's shopping carts all over. That's best case scenario because you're like, all right, this is this is like an hour of the day right now. That I'm just wandering around the parking I lot. I judge and adults it, that leave the shopping cart next to their car and not. don't you return it. You should not because you selfish person not thinking about the people coming after you. I feel like you actually push it even farther into the parking lot. Like you unload your groceries and then you push it off. If you work at a cool, if you work at a cool grocery store or Target or something, you get one of those little robots that pushes them with you. Like you're depriving someone of use of that cool robot if you do their job for them. Okay, like you're doing somebody's job for them someone is paid to go pick up that cart and I'm providing them with an opportunity to to have the best job in the grocery store. Grocery store employees listening, please tweet us and let me know if you look forward to picking up the the carts because for me, it was the highlight of the day. Absolutely no one's going to say they enjoy this. Not one person. (laughs) I think if they live in Southern California and it's lovely weather year round, maybe. Maybe everything you're saying is true, but if you live in the swampy South in July and you're making that kid leave the air conditioning to go clean up your mess outside. Mm. That is thoughtless. Hey, my listen, friend. it's better than working in the corral. That's the big pin of mulch <laughs> out behind the grocery store. Now that's a hot afternoon. It's literally a walk in the park. You're talking literally about Kmart. You're just talking about Kmart trauma. You're, grocery stores don't have mulch corrals. All right, here we go. Uh, that's it for last week's. Go check out the replies. There's a lot of them. Okay, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Well, earlier in the show, I was publicly shamed for yes. my background. Yes, my background. Exactly. Hey, yes. I also watch The Office on background. Rightfully curb, so. Parks and Rec. I just those are background too. It's not always just the Real no Housewives franchise. Own it. Anyway, we want to know what's your guilty pleasure. Maybe your binge show. What's your guilty pleasure show that you come back to that like your friends would shame you on a public podcast over, <laughs> but you're yeah. like, all right, this is cool. This is me. I enjoy this. What's your guilty pleasure show? And we do not want to know about the number one website in the world. Um, we want to oh know my about. Gosh. <laughs> television shows you can stream <laughs> oh my god hit us we up on twitter <laughs> we have an article you should read on relevantmagazine.com if that's the case just 
I'm not going to even tell you what to Google. Okay, so you'll figure it out. Trust me. A lot of people do. A lot of people you'll figure it out. It. They learn. They learn this one the hard you'll way. Find so your you'll way. find it. Trust us. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and tell us your guilty pleasure show that you enjoy that your friends would shame you for. Dog, I just imagine somebody being saved off that article. Camera is like that's like a testimony one day. We get to heaven. Our crown is bigger than we thought it'd be. It's mm-hmm. like, well, well done, my good and faithful servant. You wrote an article in 2011 that saved countless lives. Thousands of lives have been saved off of this thousands, Somebody feels thousands, so bad. Thousands are, are learning about an important issue, are entering in the kingdom. And they also clicked on a really nice related rank, uh, link to read an interview with the Arcade Fire. So, you know, it is a, it's a win-win for everyone. All right, hit us up on Twitter at Roland Podcast. We'll read our favorites <laughs> next week. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank 1K Few for joining us. Make sure to check out his brand new single, Church House Trap House. It just came out today. And his album, No Church in a While, came out a little earlier this year. Also, you know, if you haven't already, make sure to go check out Relevant Plus. You know, a lot of podcasts have Patreons, people who love the show and support it through Patreon. Our version of Patreon is Relevant Plus. Um, You know, Patreon, you get some exclusives and extras and things like that. And that's what this is too. By supporting Relevant and this show with Relevant Plus for as low as $250 a month, you get an ad-free version of this podcast. You get an exclusive subscriber podcast. You get unlimited articles and ad-free reading at relevantmagazine.com. And you also get an enhanced ad-free version of our digital magazine plus more go check out all the plans and see which one is right for you at relevantmagazine.com just click on the relevant plus tab i think you'll like it it's the best way to experience our content also while you're at the site make sure to check out our summer issue presented for free by our friends at world vision uh features conversations with naomi rain john favreau rain wilson and so much more uh, again relevant plus subscribers your enhanced download uh, designed version is available on your account dashboard right there at the site. And if you aren't a Relevant Plus subscriber, you can see it for free by clicking the magazine tab at relevantmagazine.com. Thanks to World Vision. Oh, also, last thing, if you like the show, tell people. Uh, rate it, review it wherever you listen. It helps the algorithm, helps other people to uh, you know find it. If you don't like it, keep it to yourself. But whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else, uh, fresh ratings and reviews helps boost the show and we love to see the feedback. So tell your friends, go uh, rate it and review it and uh, tweet us at Realm Podcast. We love to hear from you. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Derek Miner. I'm Emily Brown. We'll see you next time. Have a great week, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com But first, this segment is brought to you by Jan's Buttermilk Biscuits. Relevant Podcast Network.